Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Talking about, you know, your mom and take, taking you to all these different religions. Was there trauma before all this happened when you were a younger girl? What kind of trauma was there? Yes, I had a lot of trauma um, as a child. Uh, as I said earlier, my father and mother divorced when I was only five months old. So I went through being raped and then she went on to uh, having a relationship with another um, man who then is the father of my last brother who was um, killed or murdered. And uh, that being said, I finally screamed to the point that my mother heard me after being carried out of my bed and uh, brought into his bed that he finally, she finally said enough's enough. So this is what brought her to bring me as a little girl to purify me again after having gone through trauma because she realized that her herself having been a baby of the family and traumatized herself from her own father having been a PTSD survivor from the war she enacted that behavior out on me so that in turn made me the victim of that energy uh we'll just put it that way and uh, this man was very hurtful and um anyway uh fast forward to us going from church to church. I was 10 years of age uh, when this happened, uh, finally, when it stopped. Uh, so it was between four and 10 years of age. And the trauma um, perpetuated me to being silent. I became very silent. And this is why I title my chapter si uh, Silently Screaming, because I was never heard. I was never validated. I was not even seen. My mother would hide me in the background when anytime there were social gatherings because she was trying to protect me. And she became very vigilant in doing this. But however, when we went to the churches, that was when she wanted me to be seen because I started speaking in tongues. I started being asked for a lot of different um involvement in the church because of my, uh, you know, pure innocence of truly wanting to serve God and also be of a servant's heart to help children and give back. And so we became very invalid, eval, evangelical in our ministry. Even we brought in homeless people into our home. We did a lot of uh, even free clothing depot and so forth. So that being said, my mother looked at me as having many gifts. And that was the first time that I felt love. So the ages between 10 and 13 prior to her dying, I felt I had a, a renewness of who I was. And I went about life saying, okay, like I'm going to keep being the little girl as much as I can, but there was a part of me that had to be mature. But I was always praying on my knees to the point that I would fall asleep uh, praying because I had a ritual where I'd get up in the morning, do my routine, then pray before I went to school. And my mother had us in a non-denomination. It was a brethren uh, Christian school we went to before her death for those three years. So I was 
brought up to believe in God, to believe that everything happens, um, God ordains it, it's divine guidance, however you want to look at it, because all the different indoctrinations. So I just, okay, accepted it along the way. So the, the fateful day of when she was taken, I didn't know which religion to really go with, but we were practicing at that time Pentecostal. And before that, it was non-denominational. So I say to this day that I'm more uh, spiritual than I am one religion, but I resonate with all of them because of the exposure that my mother gave me because she truly wanted me to have my soul saved for me to feel peace again, to feel freedom, to not be in bondage of the perplexity of what trauma can do on one's life. And that trauma can stay stuck in your cells, which it did to some degree until the faithful morning uh, that I fell down on my knees that I talk about in the book with Les Brown in front of my new home as a result of calling it the perfect storm. And this perfect storm halted me, something from the top of my head all the way down to my core to make me realize that I thought I had trusted God. I thought I had believed in him and had faith as a grain of mustard seed but that day I realized I had no one to help me but myself. I had no one to pick me up from that tree falling on my home and then falling on me. And I had to be accountable. I had to take responsibility back and I had to be the sole survivor to do that. And no one was going to rescue me. Up until then, I was seeking outside of myself. But that day I had to go within and I had to pick myself up and brush myself off and say, okay, I just started my new life on my own. I just had hip surgery three months prior to that. And I was the only one that was going to help myself. So I reached out the best I could. And it was on Facebook, ironically enough. And my friend came and took me to the hospital eventually after I got this uh, tree uh, taken care of in my new home, believe it or not, that I had just started uh, in. Uh, after leaving a marriage that was not fulfilling anymore, after years of trying to work it out and uh, being left again all by myself and realized that looking in the mirror at myself, I didn't love who I truly was. My cup was empty. I truly had to go within and say, what else do I need to do to surrender? And God, of course, took me on a path of least resistance again and uh, road less traveled for myself to go within and do breath work. It started with breath work. Then it went into finding the powerful neuro-linguistic programming certification that I recertified in that opened my cells to an epiphany of events that I hadn't healed in my childhood that I hadn't healed even in my marriage that I brought into my marriage that failed. And so I continue to peel back the layers and I continue to see that I thought I had healed, but I was giving my energy and my intentions to everybody else. But I had forgotten about who that little inner child was within me. And I had grown up so fast that that little girl, Kathy, that I was called as a little girl, did not know who she belonged to who she even was going to become, let alone how she was going to do it on her own, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Spiritually, I knew my belief systems were strong, but yet I even questioned that. I questioned why. 
why else? And I let out the biggest scream that day. Can you only imagine a tree falling on your head? I don't want anyone to have to go there. But that being said, I had to, I had no other choice that I felt in that moment that it was a gift. It was an opportunity to say, okay, what else can I do to heal? And I had no other choice but to uh, navigate, uh, to see my light within because I couldn't even look at daylight, let alone sunlight. And uh, it's been quite a journey. And that was just a couple years uh, before COVID. And uh, then COVID hit. And I felt like the reality of what everyone was uh, going through these last two years, I had already been living all, well, at least the last couple of years prior to uh, of going within. And now that journey has brought me to much more deep insight to the power of healing the inner child. And it's not talked about enough, but in the churches, we give faith to God, but that faith comes from God in creating us. And when we can rebirth and welcome that innocence back in and learn to self-love, that is the journey that really brings transformation. You know, and I, I really love that. Now, you know, this this podcast um, gets listened to by many veterans, uh, first responders. And one thing that, you know, including me, that's something that I really struggled with a lot, survivor's guilt. You know, like a lot of times, you know, um, I had a friend of mine that I was helping out and he committed suicide. And I took it all on my shoulders. And then a lot of guys that, you know, we served with, you know, got killed over in Afghanistan or Iraq. And we're, a lot of us are dealing with uh, survivor's guilt. So talk to us a little bit about how to uh, heal from survivor's guilt. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. And um, this is really dear to my heart because I'm a component of helping other survivors with post-traumatic stress disorder because that's also in turn what I was labeled with and uh, ironically enough both my grandfather and my father-in-law were both uh, army vets themselves and I sat as a little girl in fact my grandfather called me chatty Kathy because we would always talk about his war times in the garden that's how he healed when he came back he was actually discharged uh, because he had post-traumatic stress disorder so I became a very good listener at a young age. And this is what was the catalyst to make me go into becoming a Canadian mental health advocate because I felt that listening and validating and honoring the individual that goes through trauma is the first and foremost important uh, part of the journey. And I give back continuously even on Clubhouse for this uh, because it's an app where people just listen and uh they get really ministered to. I have a, a quite a following on Clubhouse because of that. And my father-in-law, who also was a survivor, and uh, he was in the uh, air cadet, um, and uh, he actually survived after being hung, um, uh, like having to parachute out of a plane and being uh, hung on a windowsill. I listened to many of his stories as well, and it just brought me to tears to hear the the survivor and the thriver still even though they came back wounded 
like myself over the years, wounded, but yet not bruised to the point that you don't keep going on. The bruise stays underneath the surface of your trauma, but until you let it out and you speak of it and you let people hear and be part of the story, that is when truly transformation can happen. And that's what I've even done in my own life in starting to write books. Now, this is my second international best-selling book that I've done with Les Brown. My first one was Ignite Possibilities. And I talk about that life is full of possibilities. But if we stay stuck in our trauma, even though the stories keep happening in our mind, and we wake up with tremors, we wake up with, you know, night terrors, and all of those different post-traumatic stress disorder um, symptoms, I have really found the catalyst to healing is through working with the vagus nerve and healing with the vagus nerve. And if people want to know more information, they can reach out. But this is where is um, the power in claiming back the freedom of peace again in your life because it allows you to not stay in that fight, flight, or freeze state that post-traumatic stress disorder does on the body that not only was I a witness of it as a young girl, but then became trained in it as I further went into my studies. And I continue to get certified in a lot of different modalities to help trauma survivors because that's my passion because I feel I have gone through quite a bit of trauma. Uh, and even still, to this day, say that I have, you know, some days, uh, better coping mechanisms than others, I have to do a lot of mental, um, uh, you know, self talk, uh, self affirmations, uh, doing my own processing of neuro linguistic programming to change the belief systems, when I get tested, and questioned whether I'm on the right path or not. I, I don't let the mind control me. That's the biggest thing. When you go through trauma, you're continuously going through a cycle of perpetual, um, you know, defragment, defragmenting your processing because it's the mind is like a computer. It slows down when it gets all conjumbled with, you know, so much memory cells that it can't function at a, a fast pace. So you have to defrag it, you have to break it down into clusters to make it, uh, you know, run smoother. And that's what I've had to do with uh, releasing all the compressed memories that were stored in my body, because I'm actually a survivor of near death experiences as well. I've had a few operations that I almost died on the operating table to even car accidents that I almost... <laughs> I'm a walking miracle. Uh, even the doctors say that with the tree, but I am here to say post-traumatic stress disorder does not have to define you. It can refine you. And I'm here to say that I'm on that path to help others be refined because once you can put your association to where the pain and suffering, like you say, the guilt, it's not yours to hold onto. You cannot um, take somebody's pain away. They have to want to be the responsible one like me to take back and claim back life and say, okay, I am bigger than the circumstances that were given to me. I am better. I want to be better and I choose better and not be bitter anymore over life. When you hold on to that guilt, you're bitter at life and that taste buds that you have of that bitterness keeps you fermenting internally in your anguish and in your pain and suffering. Does that help? And there, there's quite a process to it, but I've really, 
um, embraced the inner self-love and self-compassion, which then in turn leads to the self-forgiveness. The forgiveness for yourself is where the true healing comes from, not necessarily for the perpetrators, like all those that took my family in different capacity, of course, but uh, I'm not here to say that I'm God and, and by any means, I'm here just to say that that freedom that God gave us for our life to begin with is freedom in expression, freedom in letting out the painful stories, because if you don't let them out of your cells, they'll stay stuck and they'll keep your cells continuously bringing negative circumstances to yourself. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, I've interviewed a lot of um, doctors, psychologists, and and one term that I've come to really embrace is post-traumatic growth instead of post-traumatic stress. And I, you know, I love what you're talking about. So now talk to us about how it all became about to knowing Mr. Brown, what it was like writing your book, because I wrote my book. And for me, it was very, very cathartic, but it also ripped open a lot of wounds for me to heal. So it was a very healing thing. So please talk about those two things. Thank you for that. Uh, Ironically enough, again, uh, meditation, manifestation, a hundred plus percent. I was on a mission that fateful day when I fell on my knees to realize literally that I had no ego left in me in that moment. I did not know. I had actually a producer that wants to make um, my life out of a movie and said to me, why did you not call the police? Well, I was a young girl that was afraid of the police And I did not trust anybody. So I realized that I had to trust myself. So by doing that, I had to go within and I had to trust myself to meditate. And that wasn't easy being a post-traumatic stress to survivor, learning to uh, connect the breath and the parasympathetic nervous system and learning to work with the vagus nerve and allow myself to go deep within was a new concept because it wasn't taught as a child. But yet, as I spoke to Les Brown, I said to him that actually with my mother being my worst enemy, because she was very physically, emotionally and psychologically abusive before she brought me into the church, that she actually was my best catalyst to my healing, because she taught me to be seen and not heard, which is a form of meditation where I just listened, I just went within and had to listen to everything around me like a blind person has to. I became sensory acuity in everything. So that being said, I worked for over 20 years in education with special needs. And uh, knowing Les Brown, having a background of being uh, diagnosed with uh, developmental delays, it resonated with me. And I felt, um, you know, that his path uh, came across my path because the publisher that I released my first book called Ignite Possibilities was given an opportunity to work with him. And because I was already a published author uh, with her, I uh, then had that uh, given to me as a gift uh, opportunity. Of course, the opportunity knocked and I could not resist because I resonated with his story, not only being an orphan, um, but, you know, knowing the value of family like he does and uh, the spiritual uh, mentorship that he's done for me over the years, as I've listened to many of his uh, work, 
I resonated with all of it. So it basically manifested uh, without um, me having to do very much, if that makes sense, because I really just surrendered. I trusted in everything that divinely showed up for me as I kept healing with uh, doing one process as, uh, as a one process needed to lead into the other to peel back the layers because I, I did not even have my voice, believe it or not, after that tree fell on my head. And uh, so I sought out communities and I created communities and I even created many uh, rooms on Clubhouse to help people. I was about giving back. I was not about making any money. I was about just give, give, give. And my mother taught me that. So I realized that my mother was my best catalyst in all of this spiritually because uh, look at Les Brown, found his biological mother. And I resonated with his story as now he's going public with it, that he just reunited. And it made me on a spiritual level be able to go to the depth to forgive my mother too. And to find that forgiveness as much as I knew my mother was trying to save my soul and bringing me into religions, but she taught me as a little girl to be that healer myself of uh, finding resources and pulling in resources for me to get to where I am today and not want to take my life anymore and to rise up and actually help others because, you know, my own father um, was, uh, you know, a catalyst of uh, suicide and also my own son uh, had a brush of uh, that as well. And uh, I'm here to say that I choose consciously and subconsciously, I am doing the work to clear those negative beliefs and those limiting uh, um, structures that were installed because of the trauma. And I choose to step out of that. And in writing the books, that was, like you said, a catalyst for my growth. And I'm still writing a, uh, a solo book, but my next book is actually all about forgiveness releasing in the new year. And uh, the power of the forgiveness is where everybody's feeling we need to get to in this world because we're too much at war instead of at peace. And if we can get to peace within ourselves, then it can emanate to the world because we're universally connected as one force, but we forget that. We forget that it's not us as our ego. It's spiritually we're one in likeness of everyone. And I studied shamanism in my studies along the way to understand different cultures, because we're all brought together on this planet for a reason. And, you know, Les Brown, of course, has been speaking for years, and already a four time cancer survivor. And like he said, he is the catalyst to show that if you can smile, you can look up and like his his quote is if you fall down fall down looking on uh, sorry if you fall down on your back look up because you can get up and that's what truly my life has been about even though i fell down on my knees many times i still realize that my faith as that little grain of mustard seed is what gives me the hope every single day to wake up that i can change one more life one at a time but if I have my voice, that is the biggest catalyst to help others. And writing, believe it or not, was my catalyst first. I couldn't write it physically. I had to speak it. And my publisher helped me with that in uh, discovering the Otter app because I couldn't, every time I started to type, 
there was just some block there. And uh, even though I worked in education for years, but as soon as I started to speak it, it just flowed like a melody. And I believe that that is what uh, doing the program with Les Brown has really allowed me to step into that uh, power of speaking like he's done and his son, uh, his um, John Leslie's son and, uh, you know, and everybody that we're part of this community is doing. We're speaking from that place of empowerment. And this book is going to change many lives because it's transformed us that are in the book. But it's also living a legacy that we want to carry on for our children, but also for the world to break free from their limiting beliefs so they can see their potential too. Because life is too short and it needs to be lived. And I want to make suicide extinct. That is my mission. I love it. So how do we find you? How do we find your book? How can we support your mission? Well, I have it releasing on a summit coming up in December. And it will be, um, you can follow me on uh, Facebook as uh, Kate Frastak, but also in the Ignite um, community, we have it uh, going to be released in a summit with Les Brown coming up on August 10th, uh, August, sorry, um, December 10th. And uh, it is um, to be bought on Amazon, uh, Kobo, and uh, what's the other one? Um Barnes and Noble, you can get it on there. It's going to be released the beginning of December, but you can pre-order it now. You can even get the ebook right now. And uh, there's opportunity to get it if you go to the summit. It's included in your summit uh, package. And that's the best way to get it because I believe those ones are autographed right from Les Brown himself. And you also have an opportunity to win a coaching session with Les Brown if you attend the uh, summit and also there's a text number to text in that possibility to win a coaching one-on-one session with Les Brown and the publisher and ignite your own possibility of becoming a writer as well with uh, Ignite Possibilities, who is already a 16-time international best-selling publisher. So I am just so grateful that um, I've opened up my infinite possibilities with manifesting uh, through meditation And I just want to say this last acronym for your listeners so they can really go deep within themselves. Is that okay, Richard? Sure. It's an acronym that I'm going to speak on on the summit and it's called forgive. And as um, acronyms stick like uh, the um, Jim Quick speaks of, who is also a brain trauma survivor like myself after the tree falling on my head, I realized that I had to relearn things and I had to work with my memory. So acronyms really stick and they stay with us. And this one's called forgive. And I've broken it down so people can uh, see it simplistically that the F stands for freedom to be unshakable in your faith, but in belief in yourself that you are worthy to be here and you are the gift to the world. So you're not alone, even though God is there omnipotent, you are also guided uh, along your way. There's all kinds of um, realms of spirituality that confirm that we're never alone, even though we might physically feel that, but we're not. The O in forgive is staying open with your heart to create self-love first. We must challenge ourselves to say, what is the dis-ease in our body and what do we need to go within to heal that? And neuro-linguistic programming hypnosis and a lot of um, 
vagus nerve stim and tapping. There's all different uh, forms of uh, therapies that help uh, cognitive behavior therapy, EMDR that helps post-traumatic stress disorder uh, that allows the peace to come into your heart. So I challenge everybody to allow themselves to surrender to this and not feel like they have to do it alone. That being said, when you can do that, the R in forgiveness is open yourself to receive God's or ordained guidance in your life that you will be guided to the right practitioners, the, the religion, the people that are brought into your life is happening for you, not to you. So just open up to that gift of forgiveness and allow your heart to be ministered to because G in forgive is the gift you are to the world that if you allow yourself to embrace you as the gift, then you will have more gifts given to you. And that's what I simply did by allowing myself to open up to possibilities. And this is why now I'm working with Les Brown and uh, an amazing publisher to allow my voice to be heard. And then the I is, which has been my biggest lesson to work on, is following my intuition. And that was a work in progress because like I said earlier, as I opened up myself to allow myself to be guided and to trust that every step of the way, even though I had to go through healing the trauma, and I still do layer after layer, there's different presentations of it from time to time. But I am the person that can say I walk my talk. And I truly keep showing up for myself and take responsibility. So listen to that inner knowing that inner eye within yourself of the God whisperer, and it will bring you much wisdom and much growth along the way. And the V stands for value. Value yourself enough that God brought you into this world. You chose your parents. You chose your path as that little faith of mustard seed that brought you in of love to your parents. You can then say to yourself, you are enough. You are truly that component of the Honopono prayer. Say it every day. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. I thank you. That gift of that prayer every single day, I do it to myself and I put my hands on my heart and I feel the love that I give back to myself that then I want to emanate to the world. And that is where the E comes in is because once we can give ourselves the empathy and allow ourselves to go into the core of our emotions of anger, sadness, fear, guilt, and shame and heal them at the core level with neuro-linguistic programming of releasing those cells from being stuck then we can put ourselves first and we can then become the catalyst to help others do the same. And that change is so transformative because we can, like you said earlier, become uncomfortable in order to be that change that you need to be in the world because the world needs you. You are the gift. And like you are richer to me right now and Les Brown was to me and J.B. Owen as a publisher to allow all of this to come full fruition. But first I had to embrace my gift of my life and I'm worth it. And so are you. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you so much for everything you're doing, especially for people that are struggling with PTS, you know, with a whole host of other things, especially now during COVID people need hope. And one thing I think you, that's one thing you do very well is you give people hope again. So I want to thank our sponsor, Tammy Moses from the hoarding solution. If you know anybody that's struggling with hoarding issues, check out Tammy Moses and the hoarding solution. Have an amazing week and keep on kicking butt. You're doing amazing things. And when you do talk to Mr. Brown, 
tell him I said I'm praying for him and he's always in my thoughts and prayers. I appreciate that, Richard. I will post your uh, link in my um, website uh, of this podcast and uh, uh, take him also in it. Uh, Sacred Roots Coaching uh, is my website. So look out for that. I will make sure he gets it and uh, it gets ministered to a lot of people. So thank you so much, Richard, for this. Well, have a Have an amazing week. Stay blessed. Thank right. you, Richard. Much love. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.